you are listening to Black Star Docs, a collective of female physicians of African descent coming together to share knowledge from our various medical specialties as well as from life. Listen in as we have real and relatable discussions on health, wellness, and lifestyle in a way only us ladies can do. Follow us on Instagram at Black Star Docs and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Cheers. So, you know, you've done so many, so many amazing things during COVID. I'm just kind of interested to see what your patients have been asking you nowadays. Like what, what are the sur- like surgeries that most of your clients are asking? You no, know, it's very interesting. Uh, the world has changed and you know, we have got two women on this, <laughs> on this podcast, but yeah, there has been this fascination with big butts. Big butts and uh, the Brazilian butt has become the number one requested surgery. And I always tell women, keep your body. I'm not a big fan of it, you know, but that has been the number one requested procedure. And during COVID, yes, right, you know, there was a surge. And also a lot of first timers doing uh, facial, bo- you know, facial fillers and botox because of Zoom. That we saw so many people who have never had anything done requesting a consultation for to you know, minimize wrinkles in the face and you know I can see the shadow can you fill it in and you know, so that has been the, the trend during this COVID period. Awesome 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 yeah it seems like there are I'm also noticing that in my practice that with those non-surgical procedures there's been an uptick in that with the fillers and chemical peels and so forth. So, you know, I'm also into like lifestyle medicine. So if we can reverse time, like imagine that the the two of us were in our 20s, but we had the knowledge of being a dermatologist and being a plastic surgeon, what would you recommend to men and women in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s and 50s? What would you tell them what things that they can do in terms of prevention and looking good, putting you on the spot here? No, that's fine. You know, we like to be on the spot. As you and I know, you know, (laughs) the sun is our worst enemy. You know, the sun is our worst enemy, and I, I try to refrain from the sun like a plague. You know, I don't, I don't like the sun. So I would tell black people, crack, right? Yeah, it does. You know, you feel I put kids. You a dermatologist? You, you guys recommend sunscreen. As, as tough as it is, sometimes I worry. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't wear it religiously, but I stare from the sun. But I will tell when the twenty. I don't be a sunbather. Always wear sunscreen, and people real people don't realize that the sun. You know, people say, I'm not in the sun, you know, but you and I know that even when that sun rays come, whenever there's daylight, you are exposed to UVA, okay? And, I, you know, I call it, you know, UV radiation for dummies. UVA A causes aging, B causes burns, you know, cancer. So, and of course, people always say, oh, in the summertime, yes, that's when you are burning, you, get, you can get potentially cancer, but you are exposed to UVA every time there's daylight, every time there's light. Through your window, so sun, sunscreen all the time. You know, of course, you know, good diet, hydration, and good skincare regimen. You don't have to buy the most expensive skincare, just good moisturizer, you know, the good, uh, what do you call it, cleanser, moisturizer. And of course, uh, I don't know your views about this. You know, and Rene, people love Rene, but, uh, and I've had patients who've been on Rene for 30, 40 years, and their face look like porcelain. But mm-hmm. their first thing is to eat healthy, sterile from the sun. Drink lots of fluid. No, too much alcohol can be harsh to your skin. So you refrain from alcohol, drinking too much. And also drugs, hard drugs. You know, a lot of teenagers are taking these drugs that dries them out. You no, know, they don't realize, you know, what do you call it? Uh, 
MDMA, ecstasy, all those things take a toll on your skin. So that's the advice that I would give young people in their 20s, their college days, just to take good care of themselves, better care of themselves. Thank you, Dr. Boyce. Yeah, yeah. You know, you mentioned with the, just going back to the butt lifts and chemical peels and toxins that we put in the skin. Have any men, have you noticed an uptick in men coming into your practice? You know, men, men coming in, you know, because I think the location where we are, um, this town, you know, men, the men are just as vain as women, you know, and it's kind of where we live in. You know, people don't want to do business with you, even though they're good. But these men, you know, they're coming in there. So my practice consistently, I've had many of my practices, mainly for Botox and fillers and also liposuction. And, you know, of course, gynecomastia, men who have, who have uh, gynecomastia from taking steroids from working out and eventually sometimes they'll get catacombs. So, so that's, so my practice has been consistent. Of course, also living in Los Angeles, uh, you see a gay man as well who, you know, just wants to look just as good. So that has been consistent. So not really much changes in that. But and if you look at the changes during COVID, it's all about the same people, you know, who are coming in for the first time because they see themselves in Zoom and they don't like some of the things they see. Totally. And now you save this lady's scalp. Amazing. I'm from a dermatology from a dermatology standpoint. I'm curious how is actually her scalp and whether is she going to suffer from any scarring alopecia? You know, that's a great question. Uh, you know, one of my friends, a dermatologist, suggested that maybe she needs to get she needs to be seen by a dermatologist. I refer her to a dermatologist back to Louisiana. And I also share office with a dermatologist, a black dermatologist, whom I recommend mm-hmm. She interviewed. Her name is Dr. Mavis Phillips. Mavis Phillips, a graduate of Brown, you know, MD, MPA from Harvard, you know, from Mississippi. She's my big sister here in LA. And she was a pediatrician before the dermatology fellowship. Okay. So she went a very long route. She went a long route. But Dr. Phillips initially had asked to put in a, after we took all the glue out and washed her, we, we applied the, oil into the scalp. The scalp looked fine. Of course, uh, looking at it from, from a gross standpoint, the scalp is going to recover, but from a microscopic standpoint, I'm not sure. But I think she's doing well. Uh, I just saw her on Friday. She's back in the light. I just saw her on Friday. Her scalp is fine. She alluded to me that uh, there's a hair company from Atlanta. They came to a house in Louisiana, and they you know, they took some pictures of her scalp and showed her some of the things. And Everything is fine. So hopefully she's going to be fine. Until we get a biopsy of the scalp, we're not going to know the full story. Right, 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 right. Well, thank you for saving her. And I'm sure she learned her lesson. And I'm sure the rest of America learned her lesson because le- learned their lesson that just stick with hair products and nothing else. But if anything were to occur, they know where to go. You are the doctor who could save people. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we don't have this type of uh, experience, you know, this type of accident that everybody has learned from, you know, and people, you know, people think that oh, this poor lady, I mean, this lady, you know, it's not too bright, but, you know, mistakes and accidents do happen, you know, and being a, being a reconstruction surgeon first, I've seen so many accidents, you know, children accidents, making mistakes, you know, summertime, dog bites, wintertime, people sticking their hands into a snowblower, and you think, why would you stick your hand into a, a machine that's, uh, you know, turning around, you know, but it does happen. So when somebody mistakenly pick up Gorilla Glue because they ran out of guts of the glue and thinking that, oh, you know what, I'm just going to spray this into my hair and then go to the store. When I come back, I'll wash it out. Now, that's one of those honest mistakes. They're thinking, oh, you can come back and wash it out. 
And unfortunately, once you start putting water to it, it becomes a chain reaction. It hardens and hardens. And, and over time, all the different chemicals you try out in the three period, you know, including acetone, you know, burning her scalp, uh, she has gone through a lot. Wow. Wow. I think for me, what really stood out is that you just thought outside the box, you know, this is not something that you typically do. This is not what a plastic surgeon would say, hey, let me go do this. But the fact that you built upon the knowledge you already had, I watched an interview on TMZ, I think, that you were discussing that you have a chemistry background. You were a chemistry major. You know, a lot of times we feel like, oh, what I did at undergrad probably doesn't matter. You know, everything that we do in life is going to become helpful. You know, I, that's what knowledge is all about. We don't acquire knowledge just to do one thing. As you go on, you pick up wisdom here and there that you may use down the line. And so the fact that you used that knowledge and you came up with something, and I think it's also very important when people are picking their plastic surgeons, you know, really do your research about your plastic surgeon. How often do they do this procedure? Are they knowledgeable? And even looking at the educational background, reading about them extensively, not just going online to set. They can put anything online for review, right? And I think as Black people too, I'm just so excited that I have a some two unicorns on here, Black plastic surgeon and Black dermatologist, you know. We know our skin better, right? There are some conditions that you would have to go to somebody who is, a, you know, this city who might understand that better. So I've learned so much, even with this, that you knew how to treat her. Even on TV, I was watching. You were so gentle with her hair, the way you were combing the hair so gently, the washing of the hair. I mean, the details always matter. So thank you so much for allowing God to use you. And that mycoplastic surgery, I mean, you guys, amazing, amazing work there. And I already know that you have this philanthropy side of you um, that we would like to also ask for you to discuss is um, Restore Worldwide Foundation. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Thank you, Bernice. Uh, just to go back to what you said, you know, we are here because of our collective experiences and our training. And a lot of time when, you know, your, your, your mom or your teacher, I say, draw a circle. I always joke around that. We learn how to draw a circle so we can make perfect nipples. I realize because, you know, we have to use a cookie cutter. And I remember one time going to a restore trip in Ghana, which I'll talk more in depth about, that we did not have a cookie cutter to uh, a breast reduction and I had to draw a circle, you know? So that first grade learn how to draw a circle came handy <laughs> after multiple times. But, you know, we are believing about fundamentals. When you have learned the fundamentals of anything, you can apply it. You know, most of my practice, what I do today, some of the things I've done, I was never trained to do. But, you know, like you said, we like to think outside the box. I remember the first time um, somebody asked me for a urology, and I learned from my colleagues. You know, when I was in academia, when I worked in Youngstown, I pretty much operated with every specialist. Every time somebody needed an assistant, I was scrubbing scribing OBGYNs to deliver babies, you know, urologists. And you know, to come back to Los Angeles, I remember the first time I, I had a patient inquiry, actually from a plastic surgeon in Germany, Dr. Attila, who comes with us when I restore trips. Attila once called me and said, hey, I just had a patient ask me if I can remove her ribs to make her waist skinnier. And I said, no, I can't. But if anybody can do it, it's Dr. Albini in Los Angeles. So um, Dr. Attila called me and said, hey, 
would you be able to do it? I said, I've never done one before, but I'll try. You know, so the patient called me and then the patient flew from Germany. And that was my first uh, rib removal. And that was something I was never trained to do. But, you know, you think about yeah. it, of course, talk about anatomy. It's all about surgery is about 80% anatomy. If you know the anatomy, you can pre- go anywhere. You know, I call it, you know, having a GPS, you know. So every time I'm a student of anatomy, I'm always constantly looking at my anatomy book and learning but back to my charity. So RESTORE is an acronym, Restoring Emotional Stability Through Outstanding Reconstructive Effort. And that was something that derives this inspiration from growing up in Ghana and the effects of operation smile on me. When I was a third year medical student, one of my, uh, Dr. Miller, John Miller, Dr. Miller in the operating room said, Michael, you're from Ghana, right? I said, yeah. He said, why don't we go to Ghana and do free surgery? You know, he's the one who put the idea into my head. But of course, being a third-year medical student, the lowest point, the, uh, the lowest person at the totem pole, you, you know, you didn't even have time to think rather than, you know, eat. I mean, we didn't have time to eat rather than think about how to go up. But he put that scene in me. And uh, it wasn't until I was a fellow in Boston in 2006 that the name Restore came to my head. In the middle of the night, I was sleeping. At three in the morning, I woke up and I said, yes, this is called Restore. Restore your emotions through through outstanding reconstructive efforts. And, you know, Restore has done a marvelous thing by the grace through the, the, the law who strengthens us. You know, we've had great volunteers. In the last 12 years, we have had over 300 volunteers. We have been to seven different countries. We have done over 1,500 surgeries, all free of charge. Amazing. In the first gender reassignment surgery in Central Africa uh, in 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, 19. Uh, and of course, uh, we could have done it you know, without people like yourself uh, who have spread the word and help us raise money. So, and I always joke around that if I was to try from baby, that's what I would do. I, I, I get bored now, the, the mundane. Uh, I like to do challenging things, things that nobody can do. It makes me, me tick, it makes me learn more because it's a challenge. You know, just like this Gorilla Glue girl, when it first happened, of course, when my office asked me, I said, of course, I can do anything. Let's, let's go. Let me, I thought it was a joke. And on Monday night when they said, okay, she's coming Wednesday, I came home. What did I do? I went back to school that night. You know, I looked up what's, what's Gorilla Glue. I didn't even know what it was. What's what were the main ingredients? And then, of course, polyurethane. And then I would have to look up polyurethane. What's in polyurethane? And then I realized, okay, all these are the, the bonds. Okay, what can break some of these things down? Then I had, you know, a slew of solvents. And a slew of solvents, some of these things can do it on the bench but now the human skin on the scalp. So now mix them together, find something that's effective by the same time, harmless to the skin or the scalp. And this all goes back to fundamentals, you know, fundamentals, drawing from what you've learned. That's what we think. That's so impressive. You know, we would love to promote more about Restore and maybe one of these days post-COVID, we could all join you. And, you know, there's 10, there's, yeah, we can take a big trip, maybe yes, Ghana, yes. and do some more restoring, right? <laughs> we, uh, this year we go. Last year we did not go anywhere because of COVID, but you know, in 2019 we did over 200 cases, about 88 in Gabon, about 100 and something uh, in, in Ghana, in Balgatanga, the northern part of Ghana. And this year we are planning to go because now most of the volunteers and we have recurring volunteers now. Of course, myself, my anesthesiologist, who has been with me for almost uh, 10 years, he comes every trip. My surgical tech, you know, Oscar has been with me for 10 years. He's been to Ghana about eight times, uh, Gabon, you know. So we have this recurring, of course. Every year we take new people. Uh, the biggest thing we ever took was about 24 people. 
to Ghana in 2018. And we continue to be able to help people. And of course, uh, all these people are having surgery uh, free of charge. And not only that, we also want to teach the local surgeons how to be able to take care of their own people when we are not there. You know, we, uh, when I first started going to Ghana in 2007 to do free surgery, Ghana only have five plastic surgeons, okay? But now Ghana has about 12 or 13, you know, which is good because of some of the things that we've done. And to be able to take a resident and now who happens to be the chief of plastic surgery, a confanoche, you know, it makes you feel like you're doing something, right? So we are very happy. And I would love for you. It's full circle, right? Just like when you were little and nine years old, when you were taking your grandma to the doctor, right? Yeah, it's a full circle. No, it's been great. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so yeah, much for sharing your story. This Thank is amazing. Jen so mm-hmm. Fee? Yeah. You know, Dr. Bush, hopefully I will get to meet you in person. Also, congratulations to all of you guys. People don't realize, of course, I guess your audience is all Black people, but to be Black in medicine, it's not easy in America. It's not easy. I was joking around, especially, you know, what you're doing also, Dr. Dijan, for your pedigree, you know, to go from Baylor and all these other places, you know, those are very competitive places. And you have to be on your own merit. It's not about your color of your skin. Yeah. And your color of your skin actually gets you in trouble sometimes because I remember being a, a medical student and being big black with an accent where they pick on you. you know, your attendants will pick on you. So we joke around and said, the fear, the fear of God, the fear of my my residents, you know, and my attendants put me in a position that, you know, fear, fear will get you to achieve. And I remember as a third year medical student, I used to go to work at four in the morning. People ask me why four, because I have to do three times as much as all my other students, okay, my co-medical students. So in internal medicine, I will go. We have 16 people in the census, or 17. I will get make sure that I print all the allowed for 17 patients, even though they were not my patients. I only have four. But I knew about every single patient. And guess what? When, you know, sometimes it's not your patient, you might get pimped on. It was like, who is this patient? And I knew about every single patient. You know, rounds did not start at 6.30, okay? I could have been at work at 5.30, and you would see four patients, but I'll show up at four. You know, the same thing with surgery. You know, I, I'll make sure I scrub in every single case because I knew that my my you know, my uh, error, my margin of error was so tiny. You know, so tiny. All it takes is somebody wants you to screw up, and I was not ready to screw up. You know, and that's one of the things that has propelled me to greater heights. That is amazing. Yeah. And to, I know you shared so much about everything, your journey. I'll be remiss if I don't ask you about, I know this is what you do. You talk people, Ghanaians, super precise in the diaspora, plastic surgery. You know, when you talk about, I want to get plastic surgery, say, oh, it seems like it's from, and I want to get a little bit, you know, nip and tuck here. What are some myths that you've heard in our community that you like to dispel today? Yeah, so plastic surgery is not for the rich and famous, you know. And, you know, plastic surgery, of course, we talk about plastic surgery has different components, cosmetic surgery, aesthetic surgery, reconstructive surgery, wound care. So plastic surgery, when it comes to plastic surgery, is, you know, now I think Black people are embracing it more. You know, people realize it's more affordable. And, you know, I want to commend shows like Dr. Nano 210. When I was a resident, that show really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plastic surgery. And I, I 
indoors, but also public aware that plastic surgery is. One of the things I would like to share on your on this on this uh, on this setting is that you, know, you guys have insurance. There are a lot of things that plastic surgery. You know, it's not cosmetic. It's not. These are medically necessary. People don't even realize that when you have heavy breasts, okay, which you know a lot of black women are walking around with heavy breasts. And it causes him back pain, neck pain. You know, he's got groovings, you get rash underneath the breath. This is something that can be covered under insurance. You don't even have to pay with your own money. You know, if you meet your deductibles and co-pays, then that's one of the things I, I preach. Dr. Boucher, I can't see it, but Dr. Billups, my dermatology and sister and also uh, share office with, that's one of the things that we educate women about because they don't even know that, you know, they think that it's uh, cosmetic. It's not. People with, uh, like we talked about, alopecia, you know, is something that can be done, can be taken care of. So there are so many things. Cars that causes pain. All these are things that are considered plastic surgery, but it's not cosmetic. You know, it's uh, medically necessary or reconstructive part. And insurance will cover that. And I hope that your audience will listen to that, knowing that they have options. And not everything that is considered plastic surgery is cosmetic surgery. Some of these things are medically necessary. And they should look into it when they, whenever they are having issues so that they can find the options and be able to navigate through the process. So this is my question. And I think, um, oh, sorry. Okay, I'm go so ahead. <laughs> No, that's okay, Brittany. If they find that, okay, I have this issue. Another thing is diastasis, right? A lot of women have babies and, you know, the stomach will separate, right? The muscles will separate and they'll do every exercise in the world. I know back in Ghana, they say you have to tie a cloth really tight so that it doesn't. Do you think it's genetic? Is there a genetic disposition? And what can diastasis cause so that we can talk to our doctors and see if we can get it fixed? Well, for you talking about is when women these uh the muscle the two rectus muscle which are next to each other which is bind together by a sheath or connective tissue with pregnancy the tissue when the tissue stretches past its tensile strength it's hard to recall back of course genetics has a part to play some people have strong collagen you know, stronger the collagen formation and some people don't you know so that's part of genetics and of course people with collagen vascular disease those are people also can be affected but Diastasis is very uncomfortable. I've having to be treating diastasis for over 15 years, where you know we, most of these women will complain of back pain. You know they get abdominal distension because of the the fact that the the muscles are not keeping this in check anymore, and uh, they get some type of lordosis, uh, uh, curvature of their spine because of the way they are, and it's very uncomfortable. That is something that can be fixed. It doesn't take about two hours to fix it, and most of the time women will combine that with a tummy tuck to remove the extra tissue. But there are some women I've done, in the last decade, I've done about two or four women who just went in for diastasis erectile repair. That's it. You just go in and basically you bring the tissues back together. You bring the muscles back together and you put them in a binder for about six weeks until this car down. And that, you know, that helps a lot. But uh, yes, genetics has a part to play with it. And also the physical forces, you know, to stretch the tissue past its tensile strength. And then he lose the ability to recall back and to be able to get back in place. Yeah, I think my sister needs that. She just recently had a baby and she has it pretty bad. It, it, to, the, to the point where it looks like when she's sitting down, unfortunately, that she can look like she's pregnant. So it's really important that women take care of this uh, issue. And I think, you know, the last question I have is you always hear people going overseas to get plastic surgery done. And, you know, then they come back with complications. 
And sometimes, you know, I understand, you know, they look at the price tag and they look at the pictures on Instagram, but what do you suggest to people? I, I know some people might say that you're biased because you're in the field, but just, just as a physician alone, what do you say to that? I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan because of typical travel overseas. Don't get me wrong. You know, there, there are a lot of great doctors outside America. You know, most of the common destination is the, the DR, the Dominican Republic, where you can have a tummy, everything that you can have done for less than $10,000, something that would have cost over $50,000. Some give great results and some don't, okay? And of course, the recourse is not there. If you happen to have bad plastic surgery or death, the recourse is not there. And, you know, I'm talking from experience. I had a patient from Atlanta. patient came to see me, and about a month later, I found the patient died. Mm. As we're telling she came, she went to the public, unfortunately, she passed away. So, you know, don't get me wrong. That's the way here in America or any Western world, but just be very careful. Just try to stay closer to where you are because when you have a complication, it's hard to travel back. And it will cost you more to resolve complications if the surgeon has not initially treated you. And that's the message. Just be very careful. The standards are much lower when you go to, you know, places like Dominican Republic. I've had patients who have got up in the middle of the night and ran away because they want to get killed. Mm. Horrible stories. And a lot of times, you know, these guys, these guys uh, have things that you know you don't have access. To. You, God forbid, if, it's hard to sue somebody in the Dominican Republic if you're not happy with your results. I mean, if you have a mistake, being being unhappy, being unhappy with your result, I don't mean that's my practice, you know. But if something goes wrong, that's my practice. It's hard to prove your case in those countries and to pursue a legal recourse. So just be very careful. Just get closer to home, and don't go based on money. Okay, I'm careful of pictures. I'm not a big fan of pictures. People always ask me, I can't, you know, that's, I went through my, okay, I've gotten through my before and after pictures. You know, I, I'm not at that point anymore. So please just be very careful. A lot of time I would tell my staff, they'll bring photographs to me. And I always tell them, okay, let's look at it because it's so much easier to more photographs these days, okay, on your phone or your computer. And, you know, I always look at proportionality. So for your audience, make sure that. Look at the arms together. Look at the thighs. And sometimes you will see that some of these people are, you know, are tricking you, okay? They are showing you images that are not even real. You don't even have to do surgery anymore to have before and after photos. So make sure that you seek a reputable surgeon, a reputable surgeon. And one of the questions I was also asked, and we didn't talk about, is about board certification. We make sure that your surgeon is board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Plus, you know, one of the things that people don't realize, you know, people don't even know. I have had staff who work for me. They don't know the difference between a plastic surgeon and a general surgeon, but they just call, you know, they've just, if, you know, and that's the thing about America, and I don't know about a lot of countries. We are not protected, okay? Anybody, like right now, if I decided to practice dermatology, nobody can stop me. If I decided to do neurosurgery, nobody can stop me, okay? The only checkpoint is the hospital privileges. The only checkpoint right now, if I decided to deliver babies today, so far as I have a valid license, I am not doing anything wrong. So people don't realize that the, so, the so-called plastic surgeon, you know, there's so many people who call themselves plastic surgeons. I would tell you about 60% of them are not even plastic surgeons. Last night, I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine who happened to come over for dinner, and she worked for a surgery center. And she was telling me about otolaryngologists, you know, who happens to have done a facial plastic fellowship. 
They said, we have four plastic surgeons. So I'm looking at their website. And I said, no, she's not a plastic surgeon. She's a, she's a you know, ear, nose, and throat who happens to do, have done a fellowship in plastic surgery of the face for one more year. She argued with me. <laughs> she said, no, no, she doesn't, she's not ENT. She doesn't see ENT patients. I said, you don't have to see ENT patients. You don't have to see ENT patients, but her background is otolaryngology, ENT, and she does facial plus. And that's why, and of course, those people are still doing body procedure, which is fine. Now, sometimes you can get outside of your, you know, you can find a zone that you like. And I have friends who are ENT who are doing BBLs, you know, uh, but the public doesn't know the difference. You know, it don't always to make sure that your your doctor, and of course, you have emergency room physicians doing plastic surgery. I mean, anybody can cut, anybody can do surgery. You know, so just be careful. I always tell people, and of course, the fact that they're not board surgery, I don't mean they're not good. You know, but that that certification kind of gives you, uh, push your mind at ease, knowing that your surgeon has been going through the rigorous training and they can take out complications. You know, we always say, have a saying in surgery that you can teach a monkey how to operate. But when it comes to taking care of complications, that's when they're not, they're not going to be able to figure out the algorithm to be able to manage complications. And if the surgeon cannot take care of complications and make sure that you are well-versed in it and make sure that you choose a surgeon who can handle complications because complications will arise from time to time. Absolutely. And that goes with aesthetics too in dermatology. You know, there's so many people doing aesthetics all the time and patients will say, well, you know what? They're a little bit cheaper down the street. I'd rather go over there. And I'm like, well, okay, go ahead. It's all about how they deal with the complications. That's it. That's why we are the board certification. And that's why we charge what we charge. It's because we know we know how to deal with complications all the time. And you know, we we have another saying that, uh, you, you, know, you I always tell my patients, well, what you say? You can have a one dollar burger, okay? You can have a twenty five dollar burger. They all hit the spot. They all make you full. It's the experience and how it's going to taste in your mouth. And that's when they come to people like you. They come to you. They have to pay a premium. You're very well trained, and I can tell that you know you got a great pedigree because you wear the Columbia shirt. <laughs> you have a great pedigree, but you know you have to have a great pedigree to get into dermatology. And of course, you know the high ends of tournaments. So. I applaud you guys. I applaud you guys. And thank you guys for, you know, sh- shining the light and black excellence. Now to see two female, you know, physicians is very impressive. Two female black physicians. And not only black physicians, very intelligent black physicians, you know. I've known Bernie, like I said, she's my sister. Her pedigree speaks for itself. I don't know you, but I can tell where you are. And you have a great pedigree. I hope that we can inspire the younger generation to seek excellence, you know, and not take no for an answer and to persevere through obstacles because you are going to see obstacles along the way, you know, and never give up, you know, never be discouraged. You know, I always mm-hmm. talk about if uh, I, I concurrently works on, I will concurrently work on plan A, B, C, and D. You know, if A doesn't work and B is already working for me because I've worked on B. And the example when I was in medical school, I mean, when I was in college, I applied to medical school and but I knew if I couldn't get in, I wasn't going to sit home, you know. And I already had an offer from Georgetown to do a PhD in chemistry. And if I couldn't get in medical school, I would have been at Georgetown doing chemistry and probably, you know, try it again. You know, go back in a circle. But at least I have something to do and not to waste time. That has always been my motto. Great. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You're so accomplished. You're an amazing physician. If I need any plastic surgery, I know where I'm going, Okay. I ain't, <laughs> I'm going to fly to get my plastic surgery done. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there are more of us. There are 10 of us in the black oh, startup. And um, we are just so excited. Yeah. 
All right, hello guys. Hello everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're not on today, but yeah, but there are 10 of us and we have OB-GYN, we have family medicine, we have cardiology, right? Mm-hmm. And we have emergency room, we have pediatrician, we have a urologist. Oh, wow, you um, get it. <laughs> so we are so excited that you were able to share with us today. If I don't know if you wanted to say anything about Miko plastic surgery to direct people over there, but I know, and we know after speaking to you that you are one of the best surgeons in the world. And so, hey, go over to Miko plastic surgery. Thank you very much. You know, we are, we are here at Miko Plastic Surgery in Beverly Hills, and we'd love to take care of you. Well, we could like to help you direct you in the right, you know, put you in the right direction. Uh, now we, you know, we try not to sell ourselves too much, but uh, there are a lot of great doctors up coming that we can always find somebody to help you. But you know, we will be more than happy to to serve you. That's really the service business. And uh, you know, I always tell people that you know, we love what we do. You know, we take care of people like we take you know, like their own family to us. You know, and uh, that's what has kept us in business and this competitive field especially this town for, for almost a decade now. Thank you guys. and Thank you for your support. And for those of you who would like to see what all the great things that we do, they can visit restoreworldwide.org, www.restoreworldwide.org. And we're always looking for volunteers and donations. No amount is, you know, is small. You can always go, go to good use and touch somebody and put a smile. And you can follow us at Dr. Michael Kelbang. That will share with you all the different things that we do and also at mikoplasticsurgery.com. Thank you very much, Dr. Adi Thank you, Dr. Boache. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be with you guys today. Thank you so much for your time. You have been listening to Black Star Docs. Thank you for joining us. We hope that we made your day a bit brighter and better. Please remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and follow us on all of our social media platforms at Black Star Docs.